0: Hello and welcome back to Bench Busted, a brand new FPL podcast where Jack and I talk about our teams and how they've performed over the week. As always, joined by Jack. How are you today, Jack?
1: Uh, You know what, mate? All things considered, not too bad. Not too bad, actually.
0: (laughs) It sounded like you were taking a breath to settle in, to go, "Ah, it's over for me. Because that's how it felt, Jack. (laughs) You're saying you're good. But I want to open up early and say, you said that this week, uh, just to me, just to me, just now, you said this week was the week where it all went wrong for you. Is that still true? Do you still think that, or, or do you think actually maybe you did better than you think you did?
1: I, I mean, I don't think, I don't think I said those exact words. I think so. So let's get one thing straight. So we recorded the last episode of the podcast, and you know we were looking forward, uh, certainly, at the Christmas fixtures and trying to really decipher certainly who was going to be the captain for for this weekend's round of fixtures. And all throughout the week, it had been solidly on Mohamed Salah, which in hindsight is the obvious choice. And it really, he is captain of all against anyone. Um, then, of course, on the Saturday, or I think it was late on Friday evening, there were some rumours going around about Salah being benched. You know, you go to sleep and you just sleep it off and you think nothing of it. And then you wake up in the morning on Saturday and you're, again, scrolling through social media feeds, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, uh, you know, Reddit, anywhere like that. And you start seeing that some of these rumours of him being rested might actually hold some truth. And lo and behold, he was benched. Um, And I mean, he was benched, but he came off, played about 35 minutes. I think it was actually 33 minutes and he picked up two goals and an assist um, and me not wanting to uh, put my armband on a player who was potentially going to be benched switched the captain's armband over to heung who got absolutely no returns, picking up two points, doubled it to four. So I guess that really, that really goes to show, I mean, I went against one of my rules and that is never change the captain on the day of the deadline. And I did it in, the reason why was, yeah, like I say, I didn't want to have Salah blanking if he didn't come on. Um, I mean, in hindsight, what I should have done is just left it on Captain Salah and Vice-Captain Son, um, just in case. But hey, you know what? We make mistakes and it happens. Uh, I'm sort of finally coming to terms with it. I mean, I finished on 65 points, which isn't too bad. Five points above the average, but I just know it could have been a whole lot more, mate.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting you say it because... The reason that, like, so I obviously went to bed. I, I had my uh, virtual, virtual Christmas party uh, on Friday night uh, at work. <laughs> I went to bed really drunk. Like, I don't know why, but I was very, very drunk, alone by myself in my room. Which, uh, if you in a vacuum, doesn't sound like a great way to spend your evening, but uh, but it was. I had a great time, <laughs> and I woke up very hungover to messages from you saying, "Ah, oh, I think Salah's going to get benched. You might want to switch your captain," and I. In my drunken, hungover, hazy state, went nah back Salah. I don't want to look at. It. I don't want to have to use my eyes this morning, and and left it. But you're saying that in hindsight, it was the right decision to keep the captain on Salah. And I think actually, if I'd have been sound of mind, I'd have th- I'd have thought at the time, Do you know what, it's better to captain someone like Son or De Bruyne or, or Grealish or whatever, and uh, I might have changed it too. So I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kick yourself over that decision to be honest, or even Robertson actually worthwhile thinking about but I wouldn't kick yourself over the decision because it's a long season Jack and you still finished above the average points um although and now this is my time to, to, to brag a little bit far below my point total Jack <laughs> where <laughs> I I obviously captain Salah this week and that was a bit of a difference maker and and finished on 79
1: you say it was a bit of a difference maker it was literally the only difference because I think our entire team pretty much performed fairly similar and i think if i yeah, I mean it's our team I, I finished 14 points below you and that is what the differential would be with captain salah i think
0: yeah it absolutely would be because obviously you'd um you'd not get the double from son so that's it that's the only difference the only difference in our teams this week is the captain but that that was bound to happen eventually because we had had such similar teams and we'll, we'll get on to the had at some point later I think <laughs> the one thing that, the, that happened this game week that, that was cri- like, crippling is that there are a lot of injuries and people were benched. And I have quite a weak bench. I think you have a slightly better bench than me. But it's meant that there's uh, a lot of decisions to be made about whether to keep players. It's, it's, it's quite hard now to justify my sparse bench when I needed to. I need players that are playing every game. So, and again, we'll talk about this later because I want to build up to it a little bit. But I've taken a minus eight this week and I've made a couple of really, really big transfers, um, which I haven't told Jack about and which he will guess at later on. Yeah. You say, I'll guess at.
1: I've been guessing at them before pretty much since you told me, I think two days ago. I've been trying to figure out because, like you say, I mean, our teams are fairly similar because I think, on the face of it, we are very sort of like minded when it comes to FBL and the players that we want to target. So. I I'm trying to figure out what moves you would make, um, but I mean, yeah, like you say, we'll, we'll we'll wait and see. One one thing that I do want to talk about while we are on the topic of Liverpool is, I mean, what a game that was, mate! I mean, no one could have predicted going into the half twelve kickoff uh, on Saturday that we would end up talking about a seven nil Liverpool win away from home. I think this was the first time ever in a Premier League game where seven goals had been scored and all seven goals had been assisted by a different player. And I mean, what a performance that was, just really concreting the fact that Liverpool now, they're back and they are wanting to defend their title and win it for a second time.
0: Oh, I agree massively. I I thought that Firmino was really impressive. For someone who I've I've talked a lot of crap about Firmino over the past, especially with other <laughs> Liverpool fans, about how he can't. He turned it on, and he's starting to look, especially with his his headed goal against Spurs, the goal or well, the two goals I think he got against Crystal Palace. He's starting to look like like a very, very good player again. Um, obviously, always had it in him, but sometimes didn't necessarily finish as well as he could have, especially for a striker. And he's looking very, very good. And and I think when he plays well, Liverpool just are playing well anyway, right? So, so he's a very worrying player to well I say worrying. Actually, in terms of FPL, if Liverpool are firing, it makes decisions a lot easier, doesn't it? Triple Liverpool, easy. Tick that box. Um makes it so that you have to spend less time faffing around with like other options like I've got Mason Mount. Why have I got Mason Mount? Decisions like that, <laughs> when it's just so much easier to just get your three Liverpool players, know that they're gonna absolutely smash the league and and then and then you only have to pick, then you only have to pick eight other outfield players, right? And so it simplifies the game a little bit for you. Don't even have to make captain, captaincy decisions, Jack. We're just gonna captain Salah every week. So I'm actually happy from a fantasy perspective to see Liverpool doing very well. And as a Chelsea fan who is entirely focused on the top four, I don't think there's a title challenge in them. I don't mind. It just means that other teams probably won't pick up points against Liverpool, which good for me right i'm happy with that i'm happy that spurs lost to them to be honest so good things all round i think from that game what did you think um so so what did you think about the rest of the weekend i know that there's a couple of results i'm quite keen to talk about quite keen to talk about how city played uh, quite keen to talk about how spurs played is there anything that caught your eye
1: yeah well i think again we'll we'll will inevitably end up talking about him for the entirety of the podcast to come but bruno fernandes being once again, the shining light for, for Manchester United. I mean, outstanding performances all round from Man United. I think when you look at Man United and Leeds on paper, it always had goals about it. And, you know, we we mentioned it a bit last weekend, but it is the sort of Premier League classic of old, um, as it were. So it was a very, very exciting game. Obviously, as a non-Bruno owner currently, it's a, it's difficult to see him do well. Um, but, I mean, the guy is just, he's on fire at the moment and. Uh, yeah like i say I, I imagine we'll talk about that for, for hours and then but yeah i mean that the, the the city game which followed the liverpool game on on saturday i don't know man city i still don't know what to make of them we both oh, i i i don't know about your transfers but i still certainly own kevin de bruyne um and as good as he is he's you know At his price at the moment i think he's up to 11.9 11.8 million it's it's annoying not to see him you know delivering when he should be i think that that it says more about the players that he is around i think i think you can see that he is getting a lot of chances created he's putting in a lot of willing full passes forward but the players just aren't able to finish on the end of them and and I'm hoping that Aguero is back and fit and fully firing sooner rather than later, because I think that that City team, when they've got KDB supplying someone who can actually finish, it will actually be a lot harder to not own KDB.
0: Yeah, I, I think as I think as well, uh, watching City, you can see that the potential's there. And it is a lot of this, it's a lot of what-ifs, like, oh, if, if only Aguero didn't get Every sort of illness, all the time, like like a, he had a he had a stomach problem, didn't he? At one point, he had gastroenteritis. He he has dodgy injuries. He's he's a player that it seems is very very hard to keep fit. But but what if like what if Aguero was playing? We were even talking about the potential of, of getting Aguero in on the free hit for week eighteen when they play against um, when they play against Brighton, which would be mega if he did play ninety minutes, right? And and that's the sort of problem with Man City. It's it's a lot of what ifs and. And what-ifs don't give you points. And, and that was what I was thinking when I was watching them. I, I thought, why are they not, especially over the last couple of weeks, why are they not scoring? Why are they not converting? Are they missing too many players? So that's on my mind. That has been on my mind a lot recently. Um, is it worth it? Is it worth always saying, what if? Like like their next fixture is Newcastle. If you have any of their players that you're thinking about shifting, like potentially going De Bruyne down to Fernandez, or I said down to De Bruyne to Fernandez. You're looking at the Newcastle fixture and you're saying, oh, what if What if they perform against Newcastle? What if What if this? What if that? So it's, it's increasingly difficult to evaluate their assets and to sort of want to keep their assets, even even in the light of good fixtures at the moment. Um, very tricky team to watch and very tricky team to work out because the potential's there, but they're not performing at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think you hit a nail on the head, really. I think it always, you know, we talk about and, and you hear a lot of mention of coverage, on, on social media and how some players all, you know, you, you see people trying to cover the likes of KDB with with Morris and people putting KDB in their team purely to have that Man City coverage, which I think is sort of the corner that I've backed myself into because you do know that the most consistent player on that Manchester City team, nine times out of ten, will be Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, he picked up two bonus points in, in the game when they uh, drew against West Brom, so... He was creating so many chances and it just didn't work out for him. And yeah, it's it's very much a tricky one. I think Bruno Bruno at the moment is is a man on form. Um, you know, he, he has had a couple of blanks and I think he blanked away from home for the first time as well. So it's it's difficult. Um but certainly again, you know, they are the two players, they are the two talismans of their teams, and they both play in that same Position Bruno's on penalties, I guess uh, Kevin is as well. Um, it just seems that Man United have a bit more oomph about them and, and are a bit more clinical in front of goal, and, and so it allows the likes of Bruno to operate in such a free way because he knows that there will be players and runners uh, who are with him at the top of the pitch. Whereas with De Bruyne, they just seem to City as a whole seem to be lacking offensively. I mean they. Only managed to beat Southampton 1-0. Yes, it was away from home and Southampton are, are flying at the moment. But again, it's it's a team where any other season you would say that they should be at least scoring, you know, two, three goals in that game.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I, I sort of feel similar to you. And it's very hard to sit there and watch Man City not go for the kill and not try and score a lot of goals, literally taking it into the corner at the end of the game. Uh, and then you, two days later, a day later, you watch Man United play. And you see that Bruno Fernandes is a very, very similar player in the way that he's involved. Not not in the way he plays, but in the way that he's involved with a lot of the play and and pushes forwards. Except he's trying to score goals, which I don't think De Bruyne actually is at the moment, or as much. And he has a team full of people who sort of know that they're quite bad. It's not that they know that they're bad defensively, but they're weak defensively and, and they let teams come onto them. And they have a team full of fast players that are looking to break away and attack and... And score goals, and there's a reason that Man United are in second at the moment with a game in hand, and it's it's because of their sort of I don't want to say swashbuckling because that implies that I think it's always good, but I don't because I don't think it is. But they they try, they give it a lot of effort, um, which makes Bruno a very very appealing prospect, Jack. Uh, I think. <laughs> and then and then there's also while we're talking about teams that are performing quite poorly at the moment, there's Spurs who. Over the last couple of games, yes, they've had hard fixtures. They've had Liverpool, they've had Le- Leicester, and and before that, they obviously drew one one with Crystal Palace, and then they lost two 0 to Leicester this week. And you watch them, and you think back to the game where they obviously beat beat Manchester United six one. They beat Southampton five two, I think, and and the way that they had that energy, that sort of that energy I was just talking about with Manchester United. And they don't they don't have that anymore. They're not trying to score all the time. That they scored one against Crystal Palace and sat back. It looked at the start of the Leicester game like they were there just to try and get a nil-nil. And Leicester just played better football. Leicester had better midfielders, they had better attackers, they had the best English striker in the world on their team. <laughs> which is that's outrageous. I'm sorry to say I shouldn't really have said that Vardy's better than Kane, but but maybe he is. I don't know. I was just being a <laughs> Being uh, a bit, bit over the top there, but they had better players in a lot of positions, and and they had much better control in midfield. And Mourinho, since the West Ham capitulation, has started setting his teams up to to attack less and to defend more. And that's worrying as someone who wants to own their attacking assets because of the way that they can or can play together. Again, potential rather than sort of the results that you're seeing. It makes it very hard to 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 hang on to their players to it and to to want to to want to continue to like own like Son or Kane for example I'm I'm sure you you have similar problems you you watched that game right you what you watched your captain Son like, <laughs> how, what do you think about Spurs how do you feel about about having to watch Spurs
1: games <laughs> I so 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 I think what it feels like at the moment is it's very much you know, we we know how Mourinho likes to play. We we've seen him set up countless times in the same or a very similar system with the previous clubs that he has managed, certainly in the Premier League. And it just feels at the moment that there is maybe a bit of a I guess you could call it a hangover, where Mourinho has drilled them into being such a solid defensive unit who can hit teams on the counter-attack. Maybe they are <sighs> Yeah, it's 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 a difficult one that Kane and Son obviously are massively outperforming their their expected stats, Um, and I think I I saw a stat somewhere where uh, Spurs have created like the least amount of chances over the last six or seven game weeks, and it just it's it is purely based on the clinicality of those two players, really. I think. You know, you take Kane and Son out and Spurs don't really offer a lot offensively, in my opinion. I mean, they do have a relatively decent squad that they can rotate with, which is always good. But uh, I mean, you look at Son and Kane and the amount of goals that they have combined for this season and and as a whole as well as as a Spurs duo. And I mean, they are the go-to guys. I think on the flip side of it, Leicester away from home. I mean, Leicester's away record this season is just phenomenal. Um, I feel like it was always a game where Vardy would thrive, and yeah, I mean it's a bit annoying to, you know, switch your armband across to to Son, and I mean he looks okay in parts, but uh, yeah, perhaps maybe a, uh, a bit of tiredness creeping in. Certainly as we come up to the uh, festive period of fixtures, but I mean he's probably going to stay in my team um, at the moment. That is just again comes down to the sort of form versus fixtures, really, where you look at Spurs and and some of their fixtures over the Christmas period. And honestly, I don't think that there is a better run, uh, certainly for one of these teams that is going to be competing towards the top end of the table. But they've got Wolves away, Fulham at home, Leeds at home, Villa away and Sheffield away in their next five. And I mean, all of those games, obviously, if Son, you know, I, I, I guess you could say that about anyone in the team. If they don't start performing, then you can, you know, start making up reasons why you want to transfer them out and I think that that's going to happen periodically over the next couple of weeks certainly for me um but son's in there at the moment and he'll he'll stay in there given the fact that he's got a a decent run of form
0: I I actually agree and and it's it's weird that we talk about it because you mentioned the, the 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 expected goal statistic right the, the fact that son has an xg expected goal depending on the site that you use of about sort of four I think at the moment and he's obviously scored 11 in the league and obviously the best players outperform that statistic because it's an average of all players and and how likely they are to score from the shots that they're given so the better players will perform better than the average players and thus outperform their expected goals by how much is an important question because at the moment Son is outperforming his xg by like more than Messi does, more than he's ever done, more than Vardy does, um, and he's also converting shots more than Vardy and Messi. The, the people who historically are the absolute best at it, and it it means that he's going to have to come down to earth, or that Son is the best player in the world all of a sudden. And and frankly, I think it's more likely that he's just going to come back down a little bit. Um, the other question when you when you when you obviously say that is, well, there's there's two there's two ways you can well there's two other things to think about here it's that there's always the chance that with these fixtures uh spurs start to produce more chances for son and and they go back to sort of the the three goals against west west ham the the six against united that sort of team and if they do that and they they create a load of chances for son then happy days he's probably going to convert a lot of them and you're going to get a lot of points and and so that's sort of what i what i'm thinking about and also that even if Son stops overperforming his his expected goals as much as he is at the moment, he'll obviously overperform them a little bit. Will the points that he gets from here on out, even if he does come down to earth a bit, will those points still be worth it for his value? Will he still be performing well for a, for a, for a nine million or nearly ten million pound player if he's not getting thirteen every week and he's getting seven instead? Which Actually, to answer that question, I think, yeah, probably. I think he's probably still going to be a very good value player. Um, so I think when it comes to Spurs, it's going to be interesting over this run of fixtures. And I also think that it's it's worth... The one thing I said to you, actually, I said this to you months ago now. I said the one fixture I'm looking forward to the most is Leeds versus Tottenham. Um, and, and at the time, I was like, Leeds versus Tottenham, next year sometime. And um, it's, it's, it's coming up. It's really, really close now. And, like, I think Leeds are an absolute litmus test because they obviously get smashed by the good teams. Um, Chelsea put four, I think, past them. United put six past them. Crystal Palace, another absolutely well-beating team, put four past them. So they get... <laughs> and Leicester put four past them. So, so the, the good teams, the teams that play good football and have talented midfielders beat them quite soundly. And it'll be very interesting to see how Spurs do and how Jose sets up to do that. Because if he sets up well and and he plays like the Celso and, and the Dombele in midfield in a way that's sort of intelligent, then maybe, maybe maybe, Spurs will look good and maybe they'll smash them. So that's the game to keep an on. That's the game I'm very interested in. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how you feel about all of that. That was a lot of chat for me there. <laughs> Mostly just check out the Leeds game. Let's get excited for a couple of weeks' time when that happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you, as you say, I mean, Leeds are... Leeds are very much a I would say you know they are that sort of young plucky up and coming team although they you know they 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 are steeped in history in the Premier League but certainly these days you know they they are very much a team that will go to every game looking to try and win every game and you can see that in just how open they are playing as you say getting thumped by the, by the bigger teams is perhaps not the best um but I think for for Leeds and a lot of these lower table clubs i think that the goal ultimately is just to survive and i think that leads when they come up against teams who are in and around them um sort of that mid to lower table and um they 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 do perform really well and, and you can see all of the sort of free-flowing attacks that bielsa likes to put together and what all of the training is for so i think leaves are very exciting. Again, you know, a team with a an OK-ish run of fixtures. They are one of the teams that does blank in, in game week 18. So Bamford looking like a potentially decent option when it comes to the double game week 19 for, for a lot of managers, I'm sure. One game I do want to talk about, one game that is probably very, very close to your heart, and that is the Brighton versus Sheffield United game. Not only because you live in Brighton, but as you've said for the last couple of weeks now, you were... Eagerly anticipating and predicting a Sheffield United win away from home in this one. And they came close, mate, didn't they?
0: Oh, they came so close. John Lundstrom, the legend, got sent off, and I thought, well, that's it. Easy Brighton win. And uh, no, they weren't really having it. Although their football is still weird, I think it's actually strange. I think Sheffield United play with the energy of teams that are. You know when you get to the end of the season and no one really cares anymore, but the relegated te- the teams that battling relegation suddenly really turn it up a notch and start playing with some real intensity. That's the sort of energy that Sheffield United have at the moment. It's it's scary. It's it's weird to watch. They're playing with relegation energy, and it's it's December. Um, yeah, terrifying <laughs> game of football though. I think I think I think Brian suck. It's really weird, but I just think Brian suck. The the statistician statistic the stats people amongst us will say that they are oh they're 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 a better team than you think they're 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 defensively underperforming at the moment and surely they'll regress I don't think that's true I, I think they're just bad they've got bad defenders and a bad goalkeeper well Ryan's bad Sanchez is is less bad and they're sort of playing him at the moment which is a remedy and uh, and they're just bad going up, up going forwards as well I mean even Welbeck's goal was crummy (laughs) he sort of chests it and fumbles it in as he's falling over classic Welbeck but they don't have the sort of I don't think they have the sort of skill necessary to to stay in the league more than a couple of years now and it's probably going to come back to bite them quite quickly um wouldn't you say yeah
1: I mean I did see a really weird stat or not a stat but it was the. So it was the Premier League table and I'm looking at it at the moment but I saw this posted uh, as you do on on Twitter and it was someone looking at this table of expected points for this season and how if if teams were meeting you know based on their expected goals and everything coming into account and using all of these uh, algorithms to predict where teams might be and you look at it and Brighton are actually in fifth for expected points. And it's it's really weird to look at it because all of the stats are saying that they, you know, they should be scoring more from the chances that they're creating and they should be conceding less as well. So it's a weird one, Brighton. Um I mean for me, Lamptee in the team not playing which Actually, on the face of it, I mean, at the start of the game, it was like, "Well, come on, you're going against Sheffield," and then Sheffield score, and then you see lampty not included in the squad, and who comes off the bench? Charlie Taylor uh, picking up five points, getting an assist against Wolves. But yeah, I mean, Brighton, Brighton, that should have been a game where I, I think Brighton should have picked up all three points. Certainly, as soon as Johnny Lundstrom, as you say, the legend from last season, um, picking up a red card. I don't know, I, I don't know what's happened with Lundstrom. Um, I honestly don't. I think in terms of FPL, you know, not getting that much attention now because he has gone up to, what, 5.5, 6 million and he's a midfielder. Whereas last season he started off at 4.0 and was a defender and he was just absolutely nuts not to have him.
0: I was going to say, do you think fantasy football ruined his career? Do you think it got him big headed? Because <laughs> he, they said that like he was in contract talks and... They were sort of all falling apart. Do you think he was like, "Yeah, but look at my fantasy football points. <laughs> Offer me more money." <laughs> oh, I I actually wonder if if I, fantasy uh, thing just ruined his career.
1: I'd like to think not. I, I mean, I, I I I hope the FPL community isn't isn't that bad as to end a player's career. But I think I think that that Sheffield side, you know, I, I think he has fallen out of favour now in in that team. Obviously. He missed a penalty of a, a, a few games ago, um, and he also, you know, picked up a red card in the game against Brighton. So he's, uh, I think, he's fallen down the pecking order a bit. Perhaps some frustration creeping in as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a tricky one with both Brighton and Sheffield. I mean, Sheffield effectively doubling their points total um, for this season from one point to two points, but it doesn't bode well for yeah, I mean, congratulations are in order, you know, to to increase your output by fifty percent. But after fourteen games, it doesn't doesn't bode well for Sheffield.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I I agree. And uh, when we do some predictions at the end of the at the end of the <laughs> at the end of the episode, you can bet your boots I'm going to be betting on a big Sheffield United win. I haven't even checked who they're playing yet. I assume it's someone really <laughs> easy to beat. Everton. Oh yeah, Everton. Mate. Easy win for Sheffield United that home to Everton. <laughs> undoubtable un, I don't even doubt it 100% win so um we'll quickly run through because we've we've gone through a lot of the fixtures from this weekend I think there's only a couple that we're missing um I think so so Burnley last night Burnley beat Wolves 2-1 Chelsea beat West Ham 3-0 Uh, On Sunday, the day before, Brighton obviously drew with Sheffield, as we've already mentioned, 1-1. Spurs lost 2-0 to Leicester. United beat... Or Manchester United. Sorry. Sorry to Sheffield. Sorry to Chris Wilder. Manchester United (laughs) beat Leeds 6-2. And Aston Villa beat West Brom 3-0 with a couple of assists from Jackie Grealish late late on in that game. And then on Saturday, Liverpool beat Crystal Palace 7-0. Man City scraped to a 1-0 against uh, a one nil victory against Southampton. Everton beat Arsenal 2-1 and Newcastle drew 1-1 with Fulham. So that's that rounds up all the fixtures and now Jack we can talk about we can talk about the big money moves that I've made this week, how I've changed my team. I can hear the excitement. I can hear it bubbling inside of me. <laughs> well,
1: I can, I can hear you eagerly waiting to ask me the same question and me just being like, well, probably no changes, mate.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> okay, do you know what? Jack, what dramatic, incredible decisions have you made to your team this week? What are you doing to your team?
1: Uh, so you mentioned it earlier. And and so the I guess we glossed over the Chelsea game slightly, but... Chillwell picking up an injury. You this time were messaging me saying, "Oh my God, it's going to happen! It's, it's going to happen, Jack." Ben, please get up. And Ben Chilwell did not get up. Uh, he got substituted off. What nine, ten minutes into the
0: game, and he it was sat like that scene there... in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that scene in Star Wars, Jack. Where where Luke Skywalker, in Star Wars Episode Four in the UK, where Luke Skywalker sees Ben get killed by Darth Vader, and he goes, "No, Ben, sorry, sorry to interrupt you with that." No, that's no, how it that's was. a good
1: that's that's a good analogy. That, that that's a very good analogy, and I think we are. Well, I am certainly in the situation where I'm staring at my team right now, and you know, Chilwell is flagged up in this uh, the the deepest of oranges at the moment, so looking a bit sceptical that he'll play in the Boxing Day fixture against Arsenal. Um, But yeah, it's it's a bit of a tricky one. I mean, Lamptey, as I said, did start for me, but uh, wasn't included in the Brighton squad. So I did actually make a change after the podcast last week because I think Lamptey did show up uh, after we recorded um, last week as, as potentially missing the game. So I did make the change from Masawaku to Charlie Taylor, which worked out for me um I mean Chilwell was still on the pitch for me I'm hoping Lamptey is back and fit for for the West Ham game although that's more just out of want to field 11 players um in the uh fixtures over Christmas but I mean Charlie Taylor will most definitely be subbed in for for Chilwell this week and as far as the rest of my team I mean I haven't made any changes so far I've got one free transfer Obviously, looking to try and build towards game week 19 and and the doubles that we know are coming up soon. Um, so, look, it's it's looking like it's going to be the same team, and it's looking like for me, it's armband on Salah. And even if I do see any any breaking news, you know, about anything, maybe Salah gets injured in the warm
0: up or uh, whatever
1: happens, I don't care. I'm I'm still putting it on Salah.
0: Big stuff. That was a nice way of saying, I'm not really going to do much. And I really respect that. The energy is built. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to ask you to guess what transfers I've made. I'm just going to tell you. I've taken a minus eight this week, which means I've made three transfers. Well, you
1: you tell me You tell me the players that you're going to take out and I'll try and guess who you're replacing them with. I
0: think, that, I think this is actually quite nice because I, I think that... You've already said that there's one of these players can't possibly take him out. I'm taking out because he's injured and because he needs knee surgery. I've taken out uh, Reese James. Ah, yes. I'm taking out a guy called Kevin De Bruyne. You might have heard okay. of him. Okay. And I'm taking out Dominic Calvert Lewin. And I think it's quite easy for you to guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've gone Calvert Lewin to Bamford, I think.
0: Yeah, certainly have.
1: You've obviously gone De Bruyne to Bruno because you don't want Bruno living in your head anymore.
0: He's 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 already there. Uh, I'm just facilitating <laughs> him living in my head.
1: And I can only imagine that you've gone, Rhys James, up to your beloved Trent Alexander-Arnold, seeing that you've freed up some money from those moves. Ding, ding,
0: ding! A hundred percent right, isn't it? Brilliant. <laughs> and that's that's what I've done. I, I liked the look of Liverpool. Rhys James was giving me jip, <laughs> and I can't have jip my team. <laughs> One of the seven unique assisters was was, was Trent Alexander Arnold um against Crystal Palace. He's got great yep. fixtures. He plays the double game week. He's nailed as all as anyone is. And he got he got a bunch of hockey assists as well, which was quite good. He he looked good. He looked very, very good, and he took even took a free kick. So I was like, Trent, you're back in. Why did I ever doubt you, my boy? Come come to me. Um so so he's in. Bruno Fernandez is in because frankly we were talking about this earlier. I alluded to it as much as I could. I'd rather not live in the hope that Kevin De Bruyne will turn into Bruno and will, will start scoring. You even said it to me, actually, at one point. You said that Kevin De Bruyne hasn't scored a goal from open play yet this season. Yeah. And at that point, I went, cool, I'm pulling the trigger on this. <laughs> there's, no way, there's no way I can justify having a player who's more expensive. So Bruno's in because Bruno is just... Putting, he's just putting. He's putting points on the board, and he plays for a team that are relentlessly trying to attack. Which love ticks all the boxes, and he came off after seventy minutes. So very happy with that. And yeah, I've gone for Bamford because I was looking into it, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier as well. Leeds bully the teams that are worse than them, and suck against the teams that are better than them, and they play a lot of teams that are worse than them over the next sort of five weeks. So. That plus the fact that they have a double in game week nineteen, and I'm playing to free hit in eighteen, absolute perfect pick, and and frankly everyone else owns him as well. So, so you can't get too wrong, can you, when you pick a player that everyone else owns? And that those are my transfers. I've got, I've got Chilwell still, and as you said, like he's the deepest of orange. He's a he, <laughs> he is such a deep orange flag at the moment. Yeah, but out of nowhere. Killman just started playing again, so so I even have a sub that might be able to come on for Chilwell if if all goes um if all goes to plan. And and those are my transfers and I'm very, very happy with it, and I'm almost certainly gonna captain Salah this weekend. I think it's actually not even a debate. I think it's just a guaranteed always captain Salah. Especially West Brom at home. Come on.
1: Yeah. I mean I'm I I was gonna ask you about, you know, how your bench is looking. Obviously you mentioned that your bench isn't looking that great I guess with the look to bring in double game week players I don't know how many players you're going to be looking to to bring in onto the bench whether you are going to be opting to use your bench boost in game week 19 like I've seen a lot of people perhaps thinking about doing I think it is going to be one of if not the biggest uh blank game week of the season I think that there was some news coming out about um I think it was the FA Cup it might have been a one of the uh, finals. The, the is, EFL. Yeah. The EFL Cup final is is being rearranged. So it now opens the way for some potential double game weeks in, in week twenty six as well. So obviously a lot of planning um with free transfers between now and, and a couple of weeks. And I say a couple of weeks really, it's you know, it's only really two or three weeks because with the likes of the Christmas games and game weeks being played fairly regularly over the next week or two it does go a lot quicker. Um, obviously you need to keep on top of when the deadlines are to, to make sure that you are maximizing the potential from your transfers. I think the reason why I'm probably going to hold off on the Kevin De Bruyne to Bruno transfer at the moment is mainly because if, if, if I was to bring him in, I'd want to sort of rejig other areas of my team as well. and And I don't want to, End up, you know, I, I'd rather, much rather, make free transfers with two free transfers as opposed to what you've done this week and, and take a minus eight. And I mean, I know I have taken uh, minus eight previously, but um, it's just at the moment I think, yeah. Look, I will continue to live in hope uh, that De Bruyne will do something against Newcastle. I think it's a Newcastle side which obviously they, they are without some key players. Um, due to the the coronavirus outbreak that did happen a few weeks back, and I look, it will be last chance saloon for KDB. I was looking at other moves as well. You know, I've been showing you some of my potential transfer plans going forward for the double game week, and I was looking at potentially getting rid of Jack Grealish to bring in the likes of Bruno Fernandez by downgrading Calvert Lewin to to Che Adams. Um, look. Grealish on the face of it yes okay he picked up two assists two as you say very late assists in the uh in the game against West Brom but I mean you look at his fixtures I mean they've got a run of fixtures now they play Palace at home on Boxing Day and then they've got Chelsea Man United Tottenham in the next three after that are, are you are you perhaps looking to get rid of Grealish to maybe downgrade him to Someone else who has potentially got better fixtures, or or allows you to save a bit of money and reinvest elsewhere, or, or or are you going to be sticking with Grealish throughout that that sort of mini run of tough games?
0: It's it's actually a good question because I looked at Grealish, Son, and DCL when I was sort of doing the, these transfers, and it's effectively that I've made a decision between downgrading DCL to Bamford, or or downgrading Grealish to to Neto or Podence or or someone like that. Yeah. And I've kept Grealish because not only is he absolutely popping, he just, he's in the team. He's in the, what is it called now? The Budweiser Kings of the week. He's in, he's in the team of the season (laughs) at the moment. He's, he's one of the highest scoring midfielders and, and he's just good. Like he's just so good at football and for his price, you obviously don't expect him to perform the same as, as Salah, Fernandez or Son, but he is. And it's almost a no-brainer that, that you keep him because he's just getting assists and he's just getting goals. He's in the right areas all the time and he's so genuinely just good at football that that I can't... They scored seven goals against Liverpool. That they, they could do anything against Chelsea, Man United, and Tottenham, so I don't think fixtures are going to be anything I think about either. Didn't they also beat Arsenal? Well, yes, yeah, so, so they even beat relegation candidates like, like Arsenal 3-0. So so they, they can perform against anyone and uh, it's not... It's not something I'm I'm looking to do. I, I don't really know <laughs> why why I've I've got rid of DCL. I I it's it's I could maybe, for example, have gone Son down to Pulisic or, or someone a bit more punty, but again, Son's a clinical finisher and and he's gonna get a lot of chances against these bad teams. So I've kept him in. And Bamford is performing about the same as DCL. Although DCL does have Sheffield United and and, and I think I wasn't so sold on getting rid of DCL until I saw how blooming good Sheffield United, not even good, just how blooming up for it they are. They just have, they have, they have big energy. And I I can't, I don't, I don't want to take a, I don't want to have to deal with a team that have big energy right now. So, so I, so I moved on and made the money. Um, but yeah, like it was very hard to do. And I think Grealish, Grealish is a keep for me, but I can absolutely see why some people are getting rid of him.
1: Yeah, no, no, it's- It's good. Sorry, I was just looking at my team as well and sort of as you were, you know, as you were talking and obviously, as you say, Sheffield United looking, I wouldn't say good, but they're looking like they're, they're, as you say, getting a bit of their fight back, really. Um, They do go to Everton. Calvert-Lewin, again, as I say, was someone who was on my radar to be dropped down. He does have to... uh, Host Man City a couple of days after Christmas, but he also, as as you say, he goes away from home to Sheffield on Boxing Day, so it's a it's an interesting one for DCL. If if I was to do the De Bruyne to Fernandez move, it would free up a bit more money, and and I guess because I've got the likes of Socek as opposed to Mount in my midfield at the moment, it, it does give me a bit of extra money as well to to mess around with, and certainly targeting. Double game week nineteen. It would perhaps involve me upgrading Brewster to the likes of Che Adams, as opposed to downgrading DCL to to Che Adams, just to give me yet another player who will be featuring in in the double game week. So, yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, as I say, I'm not looking to pull the trigger on any transfers just at the moment. And yeah, I mean, Salah fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. You, I mean, you know how it goes. If 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 Salah blanks, it's going to be the biggest smack in the face, mate.
0: Yeah. No. Fool. Fool you twice. Shame on everyone. I think because everyone will captain <laughs> him. So you'll 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 send me a message. You'll inevitably send me a message like, "Oh, this is awful. The world is falling apart, and and all seven million players will have captained Salah, so it won't be that big a deal." But I can't wait for it. Like I'm very excited for Salah to score a hat trick against West Brom, and everyone to go, "Oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> it does make sense.
1: He, he is that good. Well, the thing is, though, I mean, you say, you know, 7 million players. He's only owned by 41.9% of managers, which right now I think is just completely bizarre. I, I I can definitely feel a wave of salad transfers coming in. I think it has already happened because, you know, he has, I think he's increasing price this week. Certainly he's up to 12.5 million now. Um. And he's just looking phenomenal. You know, even off the bench, he can just turn a game on its head and and really get in and amongst it. And you know, in the last four games, he scored five goals and got two assists. So, I mean, the writing's on the wall for Salah. I just fear West Brom trying to set up a little bit differently. But then again, it's West Brom, and they haven't really looked too great. But they will have the likes of Sam Allardyce, obviously coming in to manage West Brom midway through the season. then I think that he's certainly going to shore them up a bit more defensively, or at least you'd like to think that once he's got his team, or or once he's got his structure and and the tactics that he is renowned for stamped onto that team, then, then he can perhaps guide them to safety this season. But yeah, I think for Salah at home, it's not in the early fixture. It's at home. It's against a weaker side. It's it's a no-brainer, isn't it?
0: Mate, it ticks literally every possible box. <laughs> I think it's interesting that you mentioned the team selected by thing because I think that I think that I want to say the same thing, but I just want to replace the name Salah with Fernandez. Like <laughs> it's he's 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 owned by forty three percent of teams. I don't know why it's not more. Uh, he's got over a hundred points. He's got six or something. Yeah, he's got. S- He's got six double digit hauls so far this season. He's I, I oh man, Fernandez. I'm so happy. This is the real take-home message that I want <laughs> I, I want you to to really feel, Jack. I am so, so happy I own Salah and Fernandez now, because they are the two boys. They are just the two boys who are gonna do business every week. And um gosh, eventually, Jack, he'll jump on this train too. If if De Bruyne blanks against Newcastle.
1: Like I, I, I understand that Christmas is, you know, only a couple of days away, but you can bet that I, you know, over just the entire Christmas period, I mean, you know, I spending time with loved ones and whatever, I won't. I, I'll be, you know, sat there on my phone, frantically scrolling, trying to refresh to see if who is going to be, you know, getting a price rise and making sure that I'm on top of when all of the FPL deadlines are. So that's very much going to be my Christmas issues is trying to... I, I might even, I might even do a good old Nick trick here, and as soon as the Leicester versus Man United game is uh, kicked off, or even you know, as soon as the announcements for the squads are live, I think that that's roughly around the time of when the FPL game updates. I might even pull the trigger on KDB to Bruno straight away and just get it over with, and do that with a couple of other transfers to my team as well. Oh, you may
0: want to wait till the end of the day, but I love it as an idea, Jack. I love it. <laughs> Just this is—I want to tell you—this is how I feel. I, I don't smoke, but I feel like I'm—I'm I'm lying in bed. I'm having a cigarette. I'm like Bruno. I'm so glad I finally had you. <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad you finally mind, Bruno. As a as a as a t- and I don't have to worry about Kevin De Bruyne or captaining him like some sort of fool, and 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 him not returning points week after week after week. I'm over him. I'm a I'm a Fernandez man now. And and I wish I'd been a Fernandez man for longer. <laughs> it, it's just it's just so good. It's certainly a lot more
1: satisfying when when you own him and not having to worry about not owning him, which you know we've both done up until this point. So it'll be interesting, I guess. We'll be hoping for different outcomes in that in that Leicester Man United game, which is obviously the first game in the uh, Boxing Day fixtures you'd like that segue mate look at that nice little segue yeah, into oh, talking and
0: about i was gonna say oh do you want do to do you want to run through the christmas fixtures of the boxing day fixtures and the, the weekend then jack because he seemed he seems so keen to do
1: well it. i mean mate like you say like, like like we say you know it's christmas time it's it, everything's to get there's a lot of things to be excited about and that's just not because you know we're all going to be generously giving out gifts to our to our loved ones but there's a lot of football as you know and it always comes around to this time of year And we have, you know, what is it, three games for each team in the space of, you know, 15 days or so. So we know that there are a lot of fixtures to come and there's a lot of football to be played over the Christmas period. And honestly, I can't wait. As I say, the Leicester versus Man United game, the first game on Boxing Day at half past 12. Then we've got Villa versus Palace, Fulham versus Southampton. Those two are kicking off at three o'clock. The 5.30 game is... The London derby, Arsenal versus Chelsea. It had to happen. Of course, it had to happen on Boxing Day. What a game that is going to be to watch. Then we finish off the Saturday games with Man City versus Newcastle and Sheffield versus Everton. Then on Sunday, the 27th, we've got Leeds, who host Burnley. West Ham host Brighton. Liverpool play West Brom a game that we will both inevitably be keeping our eyes on. And then Wolves host Spurs at quarter past seven on sunday i mean i don't know if we'll record between now and uh well between now and this round of fixtures but we do obviously have game week 16 fixtures as well coming thick and fast and i guess we'll run through them in in just a moment but mate i mean that arsenal versus chelsea game any other any other year any other season you would look at that and say well that's going to be a tough one you know chelsea going to the emirates against an arsenal side who you know up until three or four seasons ago, would have been up there pushing for a top four. And now it's sort of... As a Chelsea fan, do you look at that as being a game, although it's away from home, it's it's a game that theoretically you should win and you have to win.
0: It, yeah, well, I, I don't think it's going to be a difficult game for Chelsea either. It is definitely a game where they should win and, and they have to win. But Chelsea's done very well against bottom half sides this season. It's the top half sides that they've struggled against. <laughs> So, so I really think that, that this will be a bit of a breezy, easy game, right? It's just a way to a bottom half side who haven't been performing very well. Uh, Willian will 100% score an own goal. Or maybe he'll just turn up because he's due a turning up at some point, isn't he? It's been a while since Willian turned up. Do you remember his three assists at the beginning of the <laughs> season? Um, so, so maybe he's due. He's due a couple, of, uh, a couple of returns, which would be a bit of a shame. But otherwise... I'm actually saying comfortable Chelsea win. Actually, do you know what I'm saying? I'm saying Mount Mason Mount Brace Mason Mount Brace is what I'm saying. He's going to score two.
1: Well, certainly for you, I, I think a lot of us, again, you know, Chelsea are a bit of a, a bit of a confusing team as far as FPL goes because you look at it and you look at the talent that they've got, and you think, you know, certainly going into this season, I feel like a lot of people were looking at it and saying, okay, so I want to have, you know, two of. Pulisic, Werner, uh, Ziyech, Havertz, Mount. I want to have some of those attacking assets that Chelsea have to offer. And I don't know. I mean, you own Mount. We both owned Werner towards the start of the season. We both own Chilwell. I mean, Chelsea's defence has improved a lot ever since they brought in Edouard Mendy in between the sticks. But their, their offensive signings perhaps aren't... I mean, yes, you know... Ziyech picked up an injury and, you know, he came back in and he looked fantastic in the games that he played, but and then he sort of tweaked that same injury again. Pulisic is, again, last season was plagued by injury and this season it's, I mean, he's getting back into the team, but he's perhaps not at 100% at the moment. COVID as well coming into effect. I don't think any Chelsea players have tested positive, Not not that I've heard of, but again, it's something to be wary of. So the Chelsea... Attacking options, perhaps not looking as appealing as, as we all perhaps thought that they would be. Um I guess one game that I'll be keeping an eye on for sure. I mean, you not so much, but it's going to be the Man City versus Newcastle game. Do you know what would be poetic justice right now? If this is if KDB can, you know, see into your mind, he's seen that you have taken him out of your team for arguably a very favourable fixture for Man City and if Aguero starts, if he can start, I think KDB's potential in that game just, you know, doubles, triples and I mean I'm 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 obviously hoping for big things. You're gonna be praying that Bruno Fernandes has picked up massive points in the early fixture. Are you gonna keep half an hour on a city game? Are you are you gonna worry much about kdb returning in that one
0: um i actually might just watch it you know and and enjoy it what i think you're so at the moment you're going into it with a oh man i'm just gonna be watching kdb watching him pop off but one of us is going to be very very stressed about it because either bruno will have absolutely slapped leicester um, in the earlier kickoff at twelve thirty, yep. and you'll be going into it thinking, "Man, I need KDB to do just as well as Bruno. This is so stressful. I hate this." Or Bruno won't have slapped Leicester, and then I'll be going into it like, "Oh man, why did I even get Bruno? What's wrong with me? What he's just in my head? Oh, I just can't stand this." So one of us is going to get is going to go into that game with a horrible mindset, and frankly, I can't wait for it. What if Bruno gets like nine points, and then and then you you have to oh. It's going to be magic. It's going to be a magical boxing day. And I and I just can't wait for, for all the permutations, for all the stress, for all the watching our teams, for the bit where Sheffield United beat Everton 3-0 for, for all of it. It's going to be genuinely magical and, and I'm pumped. And then and then after that, on Sunday, the, the fun doesn't stop, Jack. We've got Leeds versus Burnley, 12 o'clock kickoff. Again, a game where I'm now a Patrick Bamford owner, so I'm very excited about that. West Ham versus Brighton, which is a bit of a who cares, but I guess maybe it's nice to see Brighton try and win sometimes. I mean, Lamptey might play for you. Hey, man, I care. It's 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 Lampty and Socha. <laughs> you care. You're, I guess a lot of people do. We've got Liverpool versus West Brom, which is the game. It's the Salah game. It's yep. the Trent Alexander-Arnold scores a free kick game. It's 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 all of it. That That's another very exciting game <laughs> that I'll be 100% watching. And then it all rounds up with the evening kickoff, Wolves versus Spurs who knows, I, that is just a, I have no idea what will happen in that game, game, isn't it? Isn't that fun? Spurs could turn up and, and, and thump them or, or they could, they could fail to create any chances like they've done in the last three weeks or three game weeks and, and Wolves could get back on the map because at the moment Wolves are one of those teams that people don't talk about so much. They don't talk about Podence and Neto when maybe they should be talked about more because of the quality that they have, uh, but they're just sort of failing to create chances. So absolute cracking weekend and then it immediately there's no rest just fixtures after fixtures after fixtures and oh jack i don't ever want to go back to work i just want to watch football
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it like, like like we say i mean game week 15 which is uh this weekend the weekend of christmas finishes and as you say it finishes uh, you know at about nine ten o'clock or half past nine in the evening on on Sundays when the wolf spurs game will finish approximately and then the very next day on the Monday, the 28th, 3 o'clock kickoff, Leicester versus... or Palace versus Leicester. And, you know, we've run through some of the games. I mean, Everton versus Man City is going to perhaps be a big game. You know, Man United versus Wolves again. Wolverhampton are famous for upsetting big teams or, or bigger teams, shall we say. So I think Wolves will be very much up for that one. Um, again, Arsenal... or Brighton versus Arsenal, I think, will be a real test for... <laughs> Well, for both sides, really, I think it, it's a game again where, on paper, Arsenal should be winning that, um, but uh, who knows uh, with, with the way that they've been playing? And then again, you know, we've got Spurs versus Fulham, which dare I say it, captainable option for Hyungmin uh, Son in that one potentially. Uh, Newcastle away from home or Newcastle hosts Liverpool rather on the same day as well, and then again immediately after those features as we roll on into 2021 we've got even more games we've got games on the first second third and fourth of january before we finally have a bit of a uh, a bit of a rest and a bit of a break away from fpl um i don't know how many recordings we're going to do between now and then but uh yeah like you say we've got a lot of football a lot of football coming up can i just get you i don't know mate are, are you uh what, what games are you most looking forward to over the next sort of two weeks?
0: Weirdly, I'm looking forward to all of the games. I'm, I'm suddenly looking forward to every single Manchester United game, which goes, <laughs> goes without saying, I think. It's, it's weird how how that changes, isn't it? Um, I'm looking forward to Chelsea potentially getting their attack back together and Ziyech getting back into the fold. And I'm looking forward to, and this is also my hot take, which I will ask you for in a second, I'm looking forward to Spurs falling apart. I'm looking forward to Spurs getting hammered by Leeds, being a rubbish team. Son will still get points because he's a legend, maybe. And I'm looking forward to them just dropping, 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 dropping down the table because at the moment they're in sixth, I think. And if there's a couple of teams, like like definitely Aston Villa, definitely Man City, but maybe even like West Ham or someone can can win their games in hand and all go ahead of Spurs anyway. So... They're in a precarious position and I think they're getting they're getting found out a little bit or, or teams are playing well against them. So my hot take, Spurs to fall down the table. Sheffield United to beat Everton 3-0 isn't a hot take. That's just what's going to happen, I'm afraid. And, and I'd, I'm looking forward to all the Man United and Chelsea games, I think. And Liverpool as well, because they're just actually the best team to watch. So Jack, huge questions coming in. What are you looking forward to and what's your big hot take? And how many goals do you think Sheffield United will score against Everton? Three? Four?
1: maybe even five. <laughs> well, I mean, I I really don't care how many goals Sheffield score against Everton because I don't own a defensive Everton asset. All that I care about is DCL picking up his massive hat-trick as soon as you've <laughs> taken him out of your team. So again, you know, both of the, both of the Boxing Day evening games for you are maybe going to be a bit tentative in terms of watching them. I mean, I guess they're, they're both at the same time, so you only have to... Only have to bear with watching one of them, um, unless uh, of course you want to go out of your way and watch both of them simultaneously. But I think that that Sheffield United game again, I I as much as I want to say that I can see Sheffield United picking up some points over over the Christmas period. I I mean they're they they're three games that they've got Everton at home. They go to Burnley who. I mean, maybe Burnley are looking like they know how to attack and score goals now. Um, and then, of course, they uh, go away from home against Palace in the new year as their, their first game of 2021. And it's difficult to see where the goals are going to come from in, in those three games for me. I just think Sheffield are just lacking at the moment in terms of their firepower up front. One thing that I'm looking forward to or one, one of my big hot takes and what I'm hoping to happen. You know what, mate? I don't. I don't really know. I I look forward to seeing Arsenal in relegation zone on the other side of twenty twenty. That's 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 what I'll say as my big take because I think that Arsenal really at the moment are just they're just struggling. I mean, I saw you know Arteta coming out with some stats talking about the percentage of winning that they had in a few of their recent games, and all of them were like you know, oh yeah, we had a 9% chance of losing this game and then we lost it and then we had a 3% chance of losing this one and we lost it and something's not quite right at Arsenal. Um, I'm I'm not sure what it is. We talked about it last week. I still haven't got a clue about what's going on at Arsenal but Arsenal fan TV are the gifts that just keep on giving and as long as I can you know watch them for some therapeutic healing I guess then um, yeah that's that's certainly something that I will uh continue to love to watch Um, I don't think they'll be relegated but I think it's just funny to now finally see Arsenal fans begging and pleading for Wenger back
0: oh yeah that is a Christmas gift that keeps on giving isn't it that is lovely (laughs) so we'll be back next week to to talk about Arsenal's relegation and Sheffield United's late title charge and title challenge I guess and uh, and any, and everything else in between um i'm gonna say goodbye and have a good uh, have a merry christmas uh, have you got any last words jack or, or are we done here
1: uh, i'm done yeah i just want to say merry christmas to everyone and uh, yeah stay safe stay safe great great ending thanks very much